Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job, Painter Marketing Pros, and APC. Welcome to the Women in Paint podcast. I'm your host, Michael Cheney. I am also the owner of No Drip Painting, where we are changing lives through paint. And I have to give a disclaimer here. I selfishly lined up this show with two of my favorite people, uh, you know, because I thought it'd be cool for us all to get together. I've got my co-host, Christine Rich. She is a director of marketing at Sherwin-Williams and the one in the hot seat today is Willow Sana. She is the author of a new book coming out in August called Double Down on Your Genius. She is also a transformational business coach that I have had the honor of working with off and on over the last two and a half years. So ladies, welcome to the show and thank you for joining me. Here's what I want to know, Miss Willow. What is a transformational business coach? I know you've got to get that question often. So shine a light on this for us. What does the transformational part of this title entail? Awesome. Yes. I, I quite frankly, don't love this title because there's so much to my work, as you well know, from firsthand experience. entrepreneurs, business owners, visionary leaders, and helping you while you're running your business or growing your business, helping you do the transformational work. A, a client of mine recently reflected that she's like, Willow, you have the trifecta. She's like, you know how to do the tech stuff. You've got the strategy and you've got the spiritual personal growth. And that is the the trifecta that I serve and support visionary leaders with. That's right. So I know from working with you that uh, if you don't take a deep dive into all the personal, sometimes scary things in life and within yourself, that it shows up in your business. Uh, Can you kind of talk about that? Why does that happen? And why is it important for us business owners as individuals to be willing to dig in there and address the things in life that we might not want to address. Yeah. Well, I always say that the entrepreneurial path is one of the greatest personal and spiritual growth journeys that you will go on. Uh, And just like any relationship that you have with someone else, you have a relationship with your business. And so for you to recognize that you're going to have your wounds triggered, you're going to have your all your self limiting beliefs, all your challenges are going to arise, especially when you're putting yourself at these new edges, right, that have you all of a sudden, really coming up against, you know, what you believe you can do or what you believe you're worth. Um, so it's it's just vital that we're doing this deep inner work. And when we don't, I mean, that's just when we either find ourselves stuck or feeling limited 
uh, feeling confused or flat out just not reaching the goals that we want to reach. And that's that's the whole point, right? You're trying to get from where you are to where you want to go. And so this helps make that process uh, more clear and actually really a lot, there's a lot more love that gets to be, happen because you're not just beating yourself up the whole time, right? Do women do that? Do they beat themselves up sometimes? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Right. Do entrepreneurs, period, like think that they right. don't, you know, that aren't enough or don't aren't doing something right? It's it's insidious for sure. Yeah. Well, I always like how you talk about kind of the edges um, because I don't think I had a really a, a real good grasp on that until I started working with you. Um, but can can you kind of dig into that a little bit deeper? Like when you talk about edges, what does that mean? And can you kind of pair that with like the wounds? Because what I experienced firsthand was, you know, some of, of those deep seated, uh, whether it was thoughts about myself or, or even thoughts that um, the world had, has kind of, had kind of imposed on who I was. Sure enough, those things showed up in my business. And those are the things that you helped me work through. So talk about that edge and kind of those wounds and what that looks like if it does surface in your business. Yeah. I love using the, the imagery of being like on the precipice. And so when you're sort of at that edge of, of something new, this might be like a next level. Um, it might be, you always hear me talk about like when the, the stakes are raised, right? When we really care about something, when we really care about someone or, or a business that we're trying to really do big things within the world, then we're going to constantly kind of find ourselves up against this edge, up against this big leap or this unknown, right? That has us like questioning our metal, like genuinely, mm -hmm. right? So this is the, the piece that that has us like up against this and really is genuinely where we have to go a little bit deeper because especially when you're faced with unknowns, you're going to have all these like fear responses arise and those can either paralyze you, you know, take you out of the game or have you showing up in a way that isn't in alignment and integrity with the leader that you want to be. Yeah. That alignment and integrity piece really had some for me. What do you think, Christine? Yeah, when you said edges, the first thing I thought was, and again, this is just part of, you know, I think how we all grow up and the messages we receive um, do, do impact whether we're an entrepreneur or a woman in business, but I was always taught to fear the edges. That's where the, it's not mm -hmm. safe and you need to protect your safety at all costs. So right. edges are scary. So. Do we tiptoe to the edges? Do we just throw ourselves right up against it? Can you talk through a little bit about, um, you know, what that might look like for someone who is used to playing it safe and maybe has done a little bit of the work, but not really like the work? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, something that's occurring to me as you're saying this too, because I want to make sure we're also talking about the other side, which is especially as women, there's this like, don't, don't shine too bright. Don't fly oh, too close to the sun. Episodes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But there's very much this other side as as well, which is like, God forbid you actually get too big for your britches or, you know, all these pieces. Right. So, I mean, I ultimately, like my this, entire thing. 
stuff. Yeah. Yes, it's, like, it's like, don't get too big to right. Don't go close to the edge. It's like, where's yeah. the right? Yeah. Oh, and in the, in the, it, it, with women, especially, I mean, this is where then we get attacked for what we look like, for what we sound like, right? Like all these pieces, all these complete double standards that I think we're all grateful are being like highlighted and called out as total BS. And because most men do not have those standards, right? So we're, it's so cool to see how this is shifting, but man, we still have a long way to go. So Willow, how do you coach someone to, well, let me say this, like one of the things that I appreciate and admire about you is that it can look like from the outside that you really just don't care what the heck anybody thinks, right? <laughs> you're doing your thing, you're crushing it, you're super vulnerable. Uh, if, if, if anybody follows you on, on your IG stories, I know that you will just put it all out there. And and quite honestly, that's something that I've struggled with in life, right? I've been afraid of judgment and, and afraid of, of all of these things that uh, everybody else in the world says that I'm supposed to be. And what I love about you is that you in some capacity have found a way to release that. How do you coach someone uh, to let go of all of that? Because I know that holding on to that, holding on to those beliefs, maybe they're beliefs that someone else has uh, uh, taught you that, you know, for me, some of these beliefs stem, stem from growing up in, a, in the church and all of these uh, outside influences in life. I know that that puts a lid on your own capacity, your own, uh, you know, trajectory in life. So how do you coach someone to break free from that and, and let all that crap go? Yeah, I love it. This is like the essence of my book that is about to come out. I'm so excited. I love everything you just said at the, this question. This is in, in a nutshell, really embodied leadership. This is the, the work that I do and the goal of this book, the goal of our work together, right, is this embodied leadership and specifically a, a, a phrase and something that I teach, which is called insourcing. And so when we are unhooked from that approval and that validation from others, um, which is really, this is a process of deconditioning. There's a lot of shadow work that goes into this, right? We are needing to decondition from the shoulds of who we should be, to be the good girl, to be acceptable by society. And all of these things, I mean, when you can release these and be unhooked from them, you can just imagine the liberation that that is waiting for you on the other side, right? You are no longer shackled by the conditioning of should and have to and supposed to and all those things that has you like running within some very clear guidelines. And instead you get to tap into what do you desire? What do you want? Who are you? What is the truth of you within you that wants to be expressed? I get so excited about helping people find that and finding that freedom then that is like, wow, it is not only is it safe to be you, but it's actually paramount in your lifetime. I believe that you were sent here to be fully who you are. Because when we when we look at Michael, you're a great example of this. When we look at all that you have done by being fully who you are, is creating so much positive change in people's lives. We want more of that. Yeah. And let me say, it's not easy. I mean, I, I've had, uh, you know, a huge uh, 
thankfully event happened in the business world that has pushed me up, I'll call it against this edge, that has really made me circle back and say who I am and what kind of business do I really want to run? And it's, it's, I was only able to see um, that this, this theme um, because of the work I've done with you. Uh, there's two things that you say. I love the image of unhooking um, because that really resonates with me. Um, but the other thing is, is what I want you to kind of um, go into a little bit further explanation on is how does someone how do we give ourselves the acceptance and, and the love? You know, people talk about this all the time, right? You got to love yourself first. You got to do uh, take care of yourself. But what does that mean? Like in practical matters, how do you do that? How do you give yourself the acceptance and the love so that then you don't really care what the rest of the world is screaming at you? care because we're you're never going to be a, a sociopath who's like completely doesn't care what other people think it's that you are not influenced you're not letting it stop you or hinder you or dampen and and any beautiful parts of you that want to to come through uh so there's a big piece of this that i would wounds have have affected you and held you back in your life thus far you know basically you know really unpacking the conditioning that you've had that has led you to be the person that you are and so uh you know yes there's the the fear strategies and some of those ways that you get fearful and shut down but there's survival strategies that really have historically and up until this point in your life may have kept you safe and loved and, and, and liked and all those things, right? But that are may no longer be serving you because they're, it's not actually in alignment with your truth. And, and this is the, the piece and that edge that you just came up against recently, right? Was this invitation to actually come back into alignment and integrity with who you are and what you believe and what your values are. Because any time that you have essentially abandoned your own values or your own integrity, it was out of that old conditioning that if you didn't, you might not be liked or loved or approved of, or that somebody might hate you or take you down, right? All those fears that have us stop dead in our tracks, abandon ourselves and actually not be in integrity with who we really are. Yeah, I, I love that. And you said something about embodied leadership. And I'd like you to unpack that a little bit more because it took me in a professional setting a long time to listen to my body and realize that anytime I felt that little catch in my throat or a little pit in my stomach and I didn't listen to it because I ignored it. I, I Every time I would regret it. And I was like, I should have said something. I should have double checked that. I should have listened to that instinct when I was hiring this person and I, and I maybe knew that they weren't going to be a great fit or um, just things like that. And I think a lot of that happens in the body, but I don't know if we're 100%. taught as women or human beings in general to really tune into what our bodies are telling us 
So is that what you mean when you say embodied leadership or am I being too literal? It is. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, we are we are complex beings, complex organisms here, right? And so we've got we've got our mind and all these mind strategies, but absolutely like when I talk about the the fear moves, this is typically like there's fight or flight, but there's actually even a few other ones, right? So these are these somatic responses that you know are just trying to keep us safe, uh, but then end up like kind of quickly enacting these survival strategies. So the more you can have this body awareness and actually then speak to that body awareness, the the stronger you're going to be in in insourcing your knowing into your body because it is it's like one of your many uh, like kind of storehouses for wisdom and this intelligence that you can call upon. So ultimately embodied leadership is I like to the sh the shortest and sweetest way to say it is really that you're walking your talk, um, but even that is so simplified. I mean, really, it's that I want you as an embodied leader to be so clear on what's going on for you that you're not letting what's going on for you get in your way, but instead, it's actually in like kind of empowering you. I always like to say empowered. You are empowered from this knowing within you, that is a powerful leader these days, right? A powerful leader that is not triggered, but instead can go, wow, I'm hearing that this is what's happening, right? Who A leader who probably listens more than they talk, right? Who then can know this is what's going on for me, but I know enough to know that this isn't about me so that I can be present with the situation at hand and be more powerful, more impactful, more compassionate if that is what it needs, right? It's like you almost no, not derailed or, or, you know, completely what I like to call like being tsunamied, right? You're not caught up in the wave of something that's happening, but instead you're actually able to really still stand strong, rooted in who you are. I love that. Uh, Willow, you talk about being compassionate. And I've always found somewhat of uh, maybe may a struggle that that might not be the right word, but this, uh, how do you reconcile being compassionate while not abandoning yourself? Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes those those two things, you know, you you might put it in the category of being compassionate, when in fact, you might actually be abandoning yourself. Can you kind of uh, touch on that for me? Well, when I hear you say that, I'm thinking that you're thinking that compassion is only one way for another person. And so I would just first include that that we need to be having compassion on the whole, right? Compassion for ourselves, the other person, and the situation that's happening in between you both, right? So you're not abandoning yourself to be compassionate for someone else. You're actually having a compassionate view on on the topic and the situation in and of itself. So without further, you know, without more information about <laughs> what you're um, what, wanting to have support there, but that, that's my thought is like, you know, I mean, ultimately the, you're not abandoning anyone, right? There's, because if we looked through that thought of like, 
or abandoning yourself or another person is is what I am what's coming to mind for me there is almost wanting to come into more of this like abundance versus scarcity like that it can only be for them or only be for me but instead if we are really acting on behalf of like the collective like what is the purpose what's our goal right and like that bigger vision of what is happening here then we can come into a little bit more of um, an equitable solution that serves all of us. Yeah, that makes me think of two things. One, the patron saint of vulnerability, Brene Brown, always says, clear is kind. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, you know, women can worry about in business, like, how do I package this? How do I say this? Because so often we're taught to be nice and kind, but being clear is kind. And I love the concept of both and. And I love that you said being compassionate about the situation. So you can have compassion for the situation and still have something that you need to communicate or get across to drive your business forward or a project forward in a way that is clear, kind, and effective. Yeah. And I'm going to yeah. throw not all there. Not all situations need compassion either. Right. You know, some right. need right. power, some need power right or something right yeah and, and actually you know what what you said willow i think that that kind of hit, hit me is uh having compassion for yourself right because that's a piece of it that's often the piece that we miss right being compassionate and having that isn't just for other people it's also for yourself I think that plays a big a big piece when um, I know a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome. I was speaking to a business owner uh, over the weekend. I was at a workout class and I saw her and she said, I am such a wreck because I'm giving this class and who am I to teach this class to people? And I feel like such a fraud. And, and I just said, you know, hmm. you need to give yourself a little bit of grace, sis. Like what you're doing is uncomfortable and you can and you can do it. So. I think extending that same grace and compassion that we so freely give to other people in our lives to not hold us back in business. Cause she yeah. was like, I want to cancel. And I was like, do not cancel. Feel uncomfortable and do it anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And exploring all of the, you know, the fears that it is so easy just to not want to All of the the stuff that comes up can be so scary. I mean, this is why I'm I'm such a huge fan and supporter of the power of support, because we can't often do it alone, you know, or we would have done it thus far, you know. But having someone help us see our blind spots or help us face what is very can be very challenging to face what I what I like to call like untangle it right because usually our old wounds and these things are really tangled up like there's times where I'm coaching somebody and they're they and this will happen with me as well where they're like they almost have it but then it just goes goes right out the window and it's mm -hmm. because it doesn't want to it's like oh, I'm just gonna tuck myself back in the shadows mm -hmm. and so when we can work on it we can actually start to untangle it and start to bring some light into it and that's that lightness and all of a sudden we can start seeing it clearly and then there's a beautiful point that it gets to when you can actually start laughing at it <laughs> like there's this lightness that comes and you can start laughing at oh there's that thing again you know and to not be so overly identified with it where it's really having you shackled and so holding on so tight but instead actually can 
ignite the witness where you're actually just taking witness to what's arising for you and then being able to having the choice to respond versus just react. I, it reminds me of in marketing, there's a very basic principle of the five whys. And I don't know if you've, if you've have heard of that or not, but if there is an us. insight or something like, you know, um, I don't know. I was talking to my girlfriend and she was talking about a certain product, her, her company, uh, is part of their brand. And she said, moms love this product because it's just, it creates, it's so much easier for them. And then you would ask, well, why is it so much easier for them? Because mm. she's busy and she can still feel like she's giving her kid a nutritional lunch without putting a lot of effort. Well, why does she feel that she needs to do that? You just keep asking why, 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 why? Yes. And when you get all the way down to the five whys, that's where the human truth is. Mm. And I think there's something really interesting about exploring, why do I feel like an imposter? Well, I feel like I, I'm like, who yeah. am I to do this? Well, why do you feel that way? Well, because when yeah. I, you know, like, you I, I would ask five whys. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I would actually ask, um, well, what if that happens? What then? Yes. Because mm -hmm. it's usually right. It's like that that fear that something bad is going to happen, right? I, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately that's what fear is. It's trying to protect us from any threat of not being liked or loved. Or the worst is like I'm going to be homeless and I'm going to die, right? Oh, like I go right to that in a heartbeat. It's extreme. So fast. <laughs> Every day of the week. Every day. Oh, that's right? my. That is it. I will jump to death and. It's our nervous system, right? It's like. Thank you, nervous system, for keeping us safe. But like, who it gets, you can take yeah. breaks, this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Am I the only one who does that? <laughs> no, not at no, all. It's think, normal, and this is human. Yeah. But like, talk about why we need to learn what it means to be human, and not only that, but like how to work with this nervous system, how to work with these tapes that are playing in our mind and these scripts that really can, we can actually take ourselves down. Right? I just was writing the piece about this in my book of like how often it is that we can actually you know it's like you might wake up feeling great but like an hour or two later you're like not feeling good all of a sudden and i call this like tracing the source where you can actually start tracing the source of wow what set me off and it can be the smallest thing but here's what happens all of these things run in our unconscious so much that next time you're just feeling like crap and you're like wait a second but when you can start tracing the source that's when it actually like puts that power back in your hands to be like oh now I know I see a pattern where I then I see some certain thing and I go into a comparison spiral or you might have some value of yours triggered that then has you like, you know, feeling protective or defensive or mad at the world. But underneath that, what's the collapse happening within you or the shadow aspect in you that you have denied or disowned that really is a need and desire that needs to be heard? I love this stuff. You're, you're dropping some good, good wisdom here, Willow. Um, ladies, for both of you, what does it look like or mean to you to take care of yourself? Uh, this is something that I realize is a real thing in life. Uh, I kind of hate the, the throwing it in the self-care category because I think most people think of that as getting a massage and a pedicure, pedicure every so often. But I know there's much something much deeper. So uh, for either of you, what does self-care look like for you? What does that mean? How do you take care of yourself and take care of the nervous system that you just talked about? Yeah, Christine, so, um, you go first. Yeah, I, I actually... Um, talk about this, I completely separate from a, the life that I leave, leave nine to five, I, I wrote a book 
two years ago, and I talk a lot about this, um, the aspect of real self-care. So to mm -hmm. me, real self-care looks like um, rest. So making sure I, I will outgrind, outwork anybody, and then I get to a point where I just like collapse. And so learning to give my, my body and my mind time to rest and realize that grinding out the work actually reduces the quality of the work and that I deserve to rest and my body deserves to rest. And actually I'm a smarter, better businesswoman when I do. So rest is really big for me. Um, this is another big self-care thing for me, boundaries. Mm. It took me a really mm. long time. And I probably, this will be my lesson that I learn over and over again is setting really clear boundaries. But to Willow's point, that requires you knowing like, well, what is it when a boundary is crossed? And it is that tracing, right? Tracing the source. And you realize that was a boundary violation, but you have to know yourself. You have to know what your values are. And that, that takes a lot of work. And so rest is really important. Boundary setting. Um, for me personally, I'm a very extroverted person, but I still need like time to go. And I would say, I'm like, I need to go in my cave. I need an hour of just silence. Mm -hmm. And so for me, knowing what those things that like re-energize me are, it's either a spin class that's super intense or something really calming and grounding, like journaling and reading. I'm, I'm like a very, one or the other, I need to feel like my heart's going to explode or <laughs> I need to be so like calm and still and just internal, but they both give me something that, that makes me tap into the best version of who I am. Not the one that I feel like I have to be all day, every day for everybody else. So I think it's about knowing yourself and what those mm -hmm. self-care, real self-care. And look, I love a manicure, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about here, right? Right. 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 Uh, okay, Miss Willow, as you're traveling around the world, which we are going to end with because uh, the life you've created for yourself is quite amazing. Um, how do you take care of yourself? You're not even in one location all the time. Uh, is there, are there challenges with that? How does Willow Sana take care of herself? Yeah, I mean, Christine, I love everything that you shared. I think this is so spot on. So in my book, I talk a lot about being in alignment and there are pieces and parts that we can be out of alignment and are in alignment with and the big one that is any of this you know recovery self-care time is is what's called what i call healing and integration we need this time to heal and integrate especially if there has been a time of expansion or a lot of implementation we have to make sure that we're giving ourselves that integration time and christine i love how you illustrated that so perfectly that sometimes I'm the same. Like yesterday I had an intense conversation and I knew listening to myself, I was like, I need to move this through. I need to move this energy through my body. I need to go out and take a walk. And there's other times where that integration and that healing is like, I need to lay down and do nothing and I need to close my eyes or I need to do a meditation or, you know, whatever that is, right? Ultimately, these are both forms of integration, right? And really giving your body. And so the first step of that, of, of giving your body what it needs is knowing what those cues are and listening and honoring that. And so many people and talk about conditioning, right, have been conditioned to not listen to the cues in their body, um, to ignore them, or even really, uh, in the worst case scenario, actually, like end up abusing or hurting yourself even more. Um, or you just simply aren't 
doing things that are nourishing. So, you know, ideally it's, you know, sometimes what the, you know, the doctor orders is like, yeah, just like zone out and watch Netflix, like if that's what you need. But also I will, will always say that it is ideal if you're off screens and you can maybe source into some nature and, um, but everyone has a different way. And I think as long as you're, you're noticing and listening. So for me, like I said, yeah, it, it can be one of those two things. And um, I think I have such an ability now. There's ex actually coming back to the alignment thing. I think this is where it's really key, especially because there's implementation and creation and the goals of what you're wanting to create in the world. And then there's being in integrity with that commitment. Mm -hmm. And so there's two places here where I think, again, we can go into this collapse or we cannot take care of ourselves ultimately in the way that we really need to. So there's a fine balance here because you don't, you also don't want to be like, oh, I need some self care, but it's conveniently you not taking care of what you need to take care of. Right. So there's a sweet little balance of like, and this is all comes back to our relationship with ourself. So the, the better your relationship with yourself, the more compassion and understanding and acting on behalf of what wants to come through you that you can say, great, I'm hearing, this was me yesterday. I'm hearing we really need to walk. We need to like walk this out, like move this through our body. And then we can come back and, and actually sit back down and do the work that we want to do today. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a follow-up question? So yeah. as, um, whether you're, um, so this is women in paint. So a woman in paint could be someone like Michael, who is an entrepreneur. It could be someone like me who works for a big company. I can hear the, the listeners thinking that's great, but I don't have time for that. So can you talk a little bit about that sort of, what's the clap back to that? <laughs> mm. Well, I, again, you know, just like we have a relationship with ourselves and our bodies and our work, we have a relationship with time. And so it's first and foremost, I would just want to really have like a compassionate view into recognizing that that we feel so, you know, just that relationship with time and just noticing like, wow, you know, I'm hearing that you're really stretched for time. Um, Cause it is, I will also say, you know, it is quite the privilege to have the flexibility of space and time to take care of yourself. Like it is like absolutely a, a full, a full pr privilege, but it's also something that we all deserve and need to have. And it starts with us first knowing that we deserve and need to have it and therefore need to either set a boundary or reset an expectation in order to make sure that we are getting what we need. Uh, the illusion is that if we continue just ignoring it and ignoring it and ignoring it, it'll go away. But actually what usually ends up happening is that we then hit burnout or we get sick or something slips through the cracks. So I feel like, you know, even at the, it, with moms and in the workforce, hopefully, ideally, this is this awareness is starting to come to uh, light that we can't continue on this. Like there's got to, you know, so there's a beautiful mm -hmm. phrase. In fact, this is exactly also was so linked to this conversation and situation yesterday is that there's a mantra in my book that I have that's where can I let the pressure out? And when you are at those places of feeling really stretched or something's not working or you're just like, I don't even know what to do. You know, you're throwing your hands up or I don't have time or, you know, and you're in that sort of 
collapse or you know victim of your circumstance, a space that feels really stuck and really trapped, that's just a sweet little question to wonder into. Where can I let the pressure out? And just see what arises. And again, maybe it is a boundary or a reset of expectation, but even you just hearing it and then being willing to take some small step to honor it can help rebuild that trust within yourself that you're not just a robot to here to do what, you know, take care of everyone else and serve everybody else, but that you are a whole complete being that needs to be heard. Yeah. And I think sometimes when that question arises, the first thing that I used to do was cut out the things that brought me the most joy. Because I was like, I have to do these things. These are things I don't have to do. But once I realized, no, I do have to make working out at least twice a week a priority. So I put it on my calendar. I put it on my work calendar. Because if it's, nice. you know, I would not yeah. not show up to a meeting. Right. So why would I not show yeah. up to a meeting for myself? So I think that would be the one, like, that's the thing that kind of rose to me when you said, well, where can I let the pressure out? I start thinking, well, I guess I don't have to go work out tonight. I guess I don't have to. And it's like, no, you do. That's just as important as prospecting or, you know, something that you feel like you quote unquote have to do because it will make you better in those moments. Yeah. There's a piece of this too, which I would love to dive into more. I know we're not going to um, talk for too much longer, but this is really about also like motivation and, and how we show up and who we're willing to show up for. And it's a really common one that if you um, show up for others, but you don't show up for yourself, then you, we need to look at what that motivation is. And so there's a whole, whole stuff, whole thing we can dive into there, but it's, it's really juicy and so important to know. I wish we had all the time in the world today because I know that this conversation could, could go on. Willow, we can't leave this without you talking about the life you created for yourself. You're a location independent entrepreneur. Uh, in the interest of time, how about just tell us where you're going to be this year, where you've already been this year. What does this year look like for you? Yeah, so I've kind of been doing this kind of world tour where I am in Southeast Asia in the winter and then I go back to North America in the spring and then I spend summer in Europe. So uh, that's exactly what I've just done. I did a seven months in Thailand and then I literally have just, I'm in my like 12th I uh, probably did about 11 different cities in North America between the U.S. and Mexico over, I guess, three months. Uh, and now I'm going to be in Europe for the next three months. So I'm in London now. Next, I go to Amsterdam. Then I go to Rome. Then I go to Lisbon. And September, I left open to see where I'm where I'm led and guided next. But it's, it's very exciting. I absolutely love it. It's so funny because I almost don't even think that it's something different. I moved over to Southeast. <laughs> Asia in um, 2014. And so I'm surrounded by a lot of other location independent entrepreneurs. Um, but it is definitely it's like I love freedom, number one. And so to have, you know, to really have that location freedom and financial freedom, time freedom, it just changes everything. You know, you, that's that sovereignty that really I believe we're all looking for. So inspiring. All right, Willow, uh, tell us about when your book comes out, maybe the name of your book, and then how do people get in touch with you if they're interested in connecting? Yeah, double down on your genius. And the tagline is own your gifts, align your actions and flourish in your calling. 
and it should be out in August. Uh, I'll be doing a bunch of launch stuff in July, but I am thinking the promised date for it actually being in everyone else's hands if you're not a beta reader is going to be in August. And it will be up on Amazon, so I'm self-publishing, and that's how I can be in editing right this second, but then <laughs> live in August. Uh, and if you are interested in signing up for any of this, you know, depending on when this comes out, but basically learning more, you can go to willowlovesyou.com slash book. It's actually also up on willowlovesyou.com. And I am Willow Loves You on every single social platform out there. Instagram, I extra love, so you can go there. And um, I would love to connect with you. Yeah, if you're wanting to work together, I have some spaces for one-on-one. -on -one. I have some groups coming up that are gonna be specifically about implementing some of the, the work in the book. And um, I absolutely love connecting with people all over the world. So anything that sparked and, and sparked for you or lit something up for you and you have questions, like don't hesitate to reach out. I am so excited for this book. It's, Thank you. I'm so excited to, to learn more about yours. It sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. I knew the two of you would hit it off. Ladies, thanks for joining me today. A uh, few little announcements. We do have our first ever Women in Paint uh, event in November in Nashville. More information on that. Also, if you are interested in being a guest or know a guest for the show, we want inspiring women. They don't necessarily have to be in the painting industry, uh, but we want women who are showing up and doing their thing. And we want to hear all the, all the amazing inspirational stories that go along with that. Ladies, thank you. And uh, maybe we could do this again until next time. Thank you. Yeah, I would love that. Thanks, Michael. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.